0: I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> Breaking news from BBDN. BBDN. All right, guys. What's BBDN though? It's Bible Dinger's news network. That's what's not. Yeah, what's the extra B? Oh, extra Bible Dinger. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Bible Dinger. I'll well, forgive you. It's the uh, first time. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but it's cool, though. You know? Yeah. So anyway, guys, you have to determine whether a news headline is real or fake. So who watches Guardians of the Galaxy? Have you, are you guys? I've
1: seen them. I've seen the first and the second one. I've seen clips. So
0: you know Chris Pratt? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So Chris Pratt gives impassioned recitation of the Gospel of Luke at Disneyland's candlelight ceremony.
1: No. Recitation of Luke,
0: like the whole book. That's that's the uh the headline. So, you can choose whether or not you think it's I'm pretty news sure that's like absolutely false.
2: News.
1: I hear I mean, I hear he's a Christian, but yeah, I think that's a little overboard for a uh, for a celebrity. Oh, I don't Not even for know. like a regular Christian. I don't
2: even know he's a Christian. Yeah. I still don't think it's true.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's not true. What's he doing at Disneyland? False. False news, fake yeah. news. Yeah. Yeah. Really? He did that?
0: Yep. He He did did that. that. (laughs) Hey. He did that. He did that.
1: (laughs) Hey. Let's give it up for Chris Pratt, bro. Is is there like more of a story behind this?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's saving the galaxy and your soul. Oof. Wow. Oh, are you doing? <laughs> hey. So uh, I'll give you the first paragraph, and then you guys can read it on your own. Basically, Disneyland lit up over the weekend as Guardians of the Galaxy star Chris Pratt it was gave an impassioned delivery of the gospel of Luke during the park's annual candlelight processional. In Chris Pratt style, he also added in a few of his own thoughts on the love of God. Nice. And there's a big article on it. Feel free to look it up online. Hmm. Uh, Chris Pratt? I really, really, really okay. like Chris
1: Pratt. That's
0: legitimate. I thought so too. You want another one? I do. Hit me. All right. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Uh, no. <laughs> it's political news. Who knows oh, about their politics? Uh, okay. Maybe. I know about some stuff. Trump releases findings of his own independent investigation. Most innocent president ever. <laughs>
1: So is are we determining if he said that or not? <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I think it's false because it sounds funny.
0: <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. Well it's wait, perhaps even the most innocent person <laughs> in the entire world. <laughs> well, did
2: you see yesterday that Joe Biden says he's the most qualified person to be
1: president? Oh, did he? Yeah.
0: Wow. That's impressive. So
1: I'd vote for Nick personally. It's probably true.
0: I would vote for myself, too. <laughs> for sure. Um, I think that's false, yeah. False? Yeah.
2: Well, okay, if we're not being funny, yeah, it's probably false.
0: Hey! That's what I'm talking about. Kudos. That's what I'm talking about. That's too, it's too, like, funny, you know what I mean? Kudos to all Babylon B. Ah, uh, oh, there Babylon you go. Bee, yeah. yeah. I love that. Shout stuff. out to Babylon B. They're the best. You know, I'm really excited about this episode. I really am. I couldn't even sleep last night. Yeah. I, th- I think Are you lying to me? Oof That sounded like a soundbite, bro Bro, it
1: did Bro, you sound so that good That sounded like a soundbite, <laughs> dude
0: We'll clip it Are you lying
1: to me? Oof Your turn Are you lying to me? Are you actually
2: lying to me, Nick?
0: <laughs> no, no it was re- I'm Honestly, I'm really excited You couldn't sleep? To be here at 6.18 in the morning on a Wednesday
1: Is that your last news clip?
0: Oof. I have another one if you want I don't want Oof This episode is going to be Fuego. Fuego. Oh, Fuego. Fugo. (laughs) Fugo Boss.
1: Turn that up, Mark. I'm trying to jam. Hey!
2: This song jams, bro.
0: Well, we're excited because this is episode two of the Bible Dingers. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. I thought this was episode
2: three.
1: (laughs) I guess technically this is three, but it's
0: the second, like, real episode. Okay. Whatever. And on this episode, we're going to give you the introduction of the Old Testament. Right, Ryan? (laughs)
1: That's right. Um, We have some reasons that you should study the Old Testament. A lot of people kind of write off the Old Testament. You don't hear a lot of sermons about the Old Testament. You don't do a lot of studying about the Old Testament, I'm assuming, Um So you might be wondering, why should I study the Old Testament when it's telling me that I shouldn't wear shirts that have two different fabrics, when it's telling me that I should be slaying bulls on every seventh week of the year?
2: Well, I would think, why would you not study if if it's in the Bible? People probably have that question.
1: Yeah, that should be a a solid reason to study the Old Testament because it's in the Bible. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us don't. Study the Old Testament. We just study epistles and stuff like that because it's so easy. It's so applicable. Um, and there's just a bunch of sermons about it.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, full vulnerability. Uh, I haven't read through the whole Old Testament yet. All right, so you're going to have to
1: get out. So, okay.
2: Oh, well, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. Well,
1: hey. Um,
0: Houdini.
1: Where did Marco? All right, so let me go over some of the reasons that you should be studying the Old Testament. So. Whenever Jesus and the apostles were walking around in the New Testament era, the Bible that they used was the Old Testament. So Jesus' sermons and the disciples' sermons after Jesus ascended into heaven, they were all using the Old Testament as their reference. Also, after that beginning period when the New Testament was being written, the early church still was using the Old Testament. Um, The disciples late in their life were still using the Old Testament in order to build the church. So it's kind of foundational to understand the New Testament.
2: And even like you know, when Jesus would talk to the Pharisees, they would have like small debates over Old Testament scripture. Right.
0: Yeah, Jesus himself had, you know, he had a way of thinking about the OT that I think we should think about it today. He considered it inspired authority. We could see that in Matthew. Um, and he also thought that the Old Testament should deal with your heart and not just be rituals and a group of, of rules and regulations and a bunch of things we can and can't do we can't eat meat we can't do this it actually had a lot to do with our heart and we could see that in matthew as well um, and the ot was personally fulfilled in jesus christ the law performed and the law penalty we see that in his death and resurrection right
1: and um also you know second timothy 316 is the most quoted verse probably when it comes to teaching the mm. bible that all Scripture is God-breathed, and that's true about the Old Testament, too, that it's God-breathed and it's profitable for teaching. So we want to we give you an introduction to the Old Testament before we dive into each book of the Old Testament. One thing you have to remember when you're going over the Old Testament is kind of how you read it. Um, there's a lot of ways that the Bible can be read depending on your presuppositions, I guess you could say. There is, you know, you could say that the Bible is all allegory, and you could say that Noah and the flood wasn't real it was just kind of a story adam and eve wasn't real it was just kind of a story and we can apply the principles of the st- of those stories to our lives that's one way some people interpret the bible another way is ethically so they they don't even necessarily think it's allegory they think it's 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 real stories but they think that, th- that those stories apply directly to them, or even those laws in the Old Testament apply directly to them. So you're taking where Jesus said, and you see this kind of in, um, you know, really, really conservative church groups where they say um, you can't get tattoos. They don't um, think that you should be cutting your hair if you're a woman, stuff like that. And so that's kind of taking the Bible's ethical principles and just, taking them out of the Bible and applying them directly to your life. Is that like just literal translation? Almost. Um, it's it's kind of hard to describe it as literal. The I think kind of the mainstream approach to the Bible of, you know, mainstream evangelical Christian is something called historical grammatical. And that's where you take it literally. That's where you say these stories literally happened but you also take into consideration the context in which it happened. So you look at the book of Leviticus and numbers and you say, okay, who's the author of this? Who was it directed to? What was the time period? What was God doing during this time period with his people? And you take, you take that, you take the context and then you pull out the, um, you pull out the life lesson from that and what you should apply to your life from that so you would say you know why does god why does god make them sacrifice bulls and you know why does he make them do these wave offerings oh, and to you, cleanse
2: themselves you don't assume like that we also have to do that
1: right exactly you just say what was the time period what was the reason for this stuff and how does that apply to my life the message behind it
0: yeah just to simplify that thought when we're reading through scripture before we dive into the book, I think it's important to know the context of why that book was written. Time, place, audience is important to the message of a book and how it applies to us. Um, If we don't know that, then we're taking things out of context and we're misusing verses and we're doing a lot of things that we're not supposed to be doing it and it wasn't the intention of the author.
1: Right. Um, And you know, God purposely gave us the Bible the way he gave it to us, he didn't he didn't break it up verse by verse how we do, and there also wasn't like topical books, like there isn't book one God the Father, book two sin, book three Holy Spirit. You know God it's like the
2: Christians' instruction manual.
1: Right, right. Mm. He chose to give us several books, and a lot of them are narrative. They're more like history books almost, so that we can learn about them in that way. So we have to apply the correct method of reading the Bible in order to interpret the application of it. You know, the narrative books, we need to know who they were written to, the main points, like I was saying before, and know the context. Um, There's a lot of, like, sub-methods, you could say, that are used to interpret the Bible, like dispensational, covenantal, stuff like that. We're not really going to get into that today. Um,
2: I did want to ask about that because... Um, Nick said you guys are differing on that.
0: Well, we can, we can dive into those, the, those differences in another episode. Yeah. But yeah. It, uh,
1: yeah. We do differ. <coughs> Essentially Nick's wrong and I'm right. But, oh, um, gotcha. But okay. yeah, we can go to that later.
0: All right. We, we could take, take out swords at six o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. Yeah. No, no.
1: Um, Oh, we'll wait till Thursday.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Shout out to Weird Verse Wednesday. We got another one coming out today. So make sure you listen to that. We are going to take the approach of the historical grammatical, um, which is taking the stories literally when it makes sense and applying the lessons to our lives. That's that's, um, kind of the approach that we're going to take with this podcast since it is a Christian podcast. And we do believe that the Bible is inerrant and from God. So the setting is important setting. Okay. The setting of the old Testament is important. It's in the middle East in the area known as the fertile crescent between the Nile river and the Tigris and Euphrates river. Um, the promised land is in a awesome place and I wish we could show you guys a map. I guess we'll stick one up on the blog. Um, if you look at the Promised Land of Israel where God promised the Israelites would live, it's right in the crossroads of two major um, empires. It's between Egypt to the southwest and Babylon to the east. What time period is this? Um, Nick's actually going to go over the time period right is after that this. like 3000 BC or something?
0: We'll yeah. find out soon.
1: Okay. can't just answer me (laughs) stay stay with us because we're going to hit that soon
2: well that i mean that's so we know what empires but yeah
1: yeah so um so the empire of egypt is to the southwest babylon is to the east and so the the promised land was kind of like a uh what would you call it it's kind of like a gateway i guess you could say between the two empires so if you were going to be trading with either one, you're going to be going through the promised land. So they kind of had this prime location in between the two largest empires of the world. And if you zoom out even further, it's also got Europe to the Northwest and it's got Southeastern Asia to the Southeast, India and China and stuff like that. So at that time, Israel was kind of the center of the whole world. It was right in the middle of the four corners of, of the earth and so it was in a prime location and that's kind of why you see israel is always getting attacked by all these empires they're always under oh. fire from everybody it's because they're in prime location they're in the crossroads of the whole world at the time and
2: um this was first talked about in genesis is it is it when god's talking to abraham
1: yeah when he's um promising where he's gonna end up yeah okay Nick, do you want to go over the time period now so you can satisfy Mark? <laughs> oh, man. Sure. Well,
0: first, we have prehistory. And I can't give you the date as of yet because there's a little, a little debate as to when that began. Um, there's there's a, a thought of creation, um, which is young earth or new earth. And, and ev- you know, eventually, we're going to get to those topics. But for now, we're just going to call it prehistory. That's in Genesis 1 through 11, and probably Job, and that's Adam, Eve, and Noah. Hmm. And um, secondly, we have um, the patriarchs, which is Genesis 11 through 50. That's 2200 BC through 1446 BC. That's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And then we have the Exodus, um, which is Exodus through Joshua. That's 1446 B.C. through 1399 B.C. That's Moses, Joshua, and the Promised Land. then we have the empire, which is Judges through Ezekiel. And that's 1399 B.C. through 722 B.C. That's King Saul, David, Solomon, and the broken kingdom. And then fifth, we have the exile, which is Daniel through Malachi. That's 722 B.C. through 430 B.C that Judah, when the south went to Babylon, Israel, and the north went to Assyria.
1: Yeah, so the books of the Old Testament aren't necessarily in chronological order, which might trip some people up. Um, There's 39 total books in the Old Testament, and there's the the classical Jewish way that the judeo Religion has the the Old Testament broken up, which is into three categories, and then there's kind of an Americanized way to break it up. I'm going to give you guys the Americanized way, yeah, so, real quick. Um, do Jews only read the Torah, or do they read the whole Old Testament? They read the whole Old Testament. Okay. So they have they have the Torah, then they have kind of like the the writings, which is oh. um like proverbs and song of solomon and stuff like that and then they have like the historical books that's their because
2: they still believe in the prophecies about the messiah they just don't believe jesus correct
1: correct so um the more americanized way to break up the the old testament is the pentateuch which is genesis through deuteronomy then historical literature which is joshua through esther then wisdom literature which is job through song of solomon and then the prophets, which is Isaiah through Malachi. We're going to go through each of these sections and kind of break it up a little bit. Um, The Pentateuch is really important because it's kind of the foundation for everything. You know, it contains the beginning of the world. It sets up what God's relationship with mankind is and his special relationship with Israel and the covenants. Um, There's a little bit of a debate on who actually wrote the Pentateuch. Nick, do you want to talk about that?
0: Sure. Mike, who do you think wrote it?
2: Well, I think Moses wrote it. I think Moses wrote and it. And just to be clear, the isn't the Pentateuch the same as the Torah? Isn't it yes. the, the first yeah, five it's books? Interchangeable, yeah.
0: Interchangeable words. Yeah, yeah. So the well, there's, classical there's debate,
2: right? It that we don't know if it's really Moses.
0: Right, yeah. Next We're about wrote, to get yeah. into that now. <laughs> okay. On. All right. The classical conservative belief is that Moses wrote the Pentateuch. Mm. Um People who want to debate that idea say that there's a problem with Moses writing everything in Deuteronomy because it covers his death. So there's a more liter- liberal belief, and that's called the J-E-D-P. Are you doing? <laughs> that just sounds like, yeah, you know? Yeah, who's this J-E-D-P guy?
1: Is, isn't that like a picture file it's or me. something like that?
0: It's me. It's J-E-D-P. Hey. Am I the only wrestling fan here? Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I prefer to watch real sports. So anyway, J-E-D-P. The J stands for the Yahweh, And they wrote, whenever you see passages referring to God as Yahweh. The E is for Elohis. And whenever they refer to God as Elohim, they credit that author, the E author. And then there's the D, the Deuteronomist, And they wrote Deuteronomy. Mm. And then the priestly authors who wrote everything else that you know D didn't write. The theory is based on the fact that different names for God are used in different portions of the Pentateuch, and they and there are detectable differences in linguistic style. The letters of the JEDP theory stand for the the four names that we reviewed before.
2: Wait, so it's saying that um, because. God is referred to in different names. It couldn't only be Moses.
0: Exactly. So, so we, you know, they say that that argument is circular. You say that that person called God this name, and that's the way they wrote it. And that's where the argument pretty much stands.
1: Yeah, so I think the JDP theory kind of comes down to how you interpret the Bible, which is what we were talking about before. Do you take it as analogy? And do you take it, you know, as something that you can kind of learn from the stories, but the stories aren't literal? Or is it literal and is it from God? Is it God's word? So the arguments for JEDP are kind of that linguistically and the styles and stuff, this makes more sense mm-hmm. because the Yahwist writes this way and he only calls God Ra- uh, Raway. <laughs> Shout out to Raway hey, <laughs> City, yeah. Raway. New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> The the Rawist only calls God <laughs> Yahweh. Um, the E, the, the Elohist, only calls him Elohim, and he also writes differently.
0: Yeah, I mean, on this show, we're rarely going to ever pick a side or encourage our listeners to pick a side because we just want to present to you all the options and we want you to study. Right. But we will never go outside of what God's Word says. So if God's Word says it, we want to teach it.
1: Right. So that's the big problem with J.E.D.P. is that Jesus himself says that the Pentateuch is written by Moses. Mm. Um, so if you take Jesus as God and if you take the Bible as literally God's word, then you kind of have to say yeah. that Moses wrote the and Pentateuch. Paul,
0: Paul even referred to Moses as an author yeah. of the Pentateuch. Um, we see it all throughout Scripture. And I guess we'll, we'll write a blog about that eventually and have all the Scriptures on there. I mean, we have a blog, but meaning like a more in-depth blog about what scriptures say that Moses wrote it, I think that would be helpful to the listeners.
2: Yeah. If anything, the J-E-D-P, it's believable because we know there's so many different authors of the Bible.
1: Right, and you would you could apply that, you know, because Psalms has a bunch of authors, and Proverbs even has For sure. several authors. Um, but, yeah, and, and it makes sense kind of logically, but you kind of have to put jesus saying that moses wrote it in your back pocket If exactly. you know, jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, jesus. yeah
1: we'll get to him in the new testament he's a, he's a big character <laughs> that's gonna take no but at,
0: at the end of the day if you take which which we talked about in in the previous episode if we take god's word as the word of god and we think that the word of god is inerrant then moses is without a doubt the author of the pentateuch right
2: that's a big word what's inerrant mean
0: without error there is no, there are no errors, there are no contradictions throughout scripture. You sounded at at very
1: Brooklyn just now. Without error, you doing without error.
0: <laughs> ever, ever,
1: All right, so um, that's the Pentateuch. The, um, I'm gonna hit the other three categories real quick. There's the historical lit, which is Joshua through Esther. Historical literature, I call it historical lit because I'm still in college mode, I guess. Um, nice. These are chronologically correct. And it kind of contains the overall timeline that the next two sets of books occur in, except for Job, because Job is believed to be in the time of Genesis early on, maybe before even the patriarchs. So that's the next section, Joshua through Esther. And that's all narrative. That's all history. And one thing I want to throw this in there since we were talking about context earlier. One thing you got to realize is that just because, the historical books say that a character in the Bible did something that doesn't make it something that you should apply to your life. That doesn't mean that you should do it as well.
2: Yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out to my friend, Matt. He took, um, old Testament course at Rutgers. And, uh, I was reading in the back of his textbook. They're talking about the book of Joshua Mm. and they're like, uh, this book should not be taken seriously at all. We don't know that it's historically accurate, like at all. It's just a bunch of rubbish.
1: Yeah. Uh, shout out to Matt. Tell him to come on the show and I'll prove him wrong. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, no. He believes it's uh, his textbook was like, yeah, don't believe this.
1: Joshua. Beckham. Oh, really? Mm. That's crazy. That's I mean, crazy. it's so true. You know, like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to go off on that rant. <laughs> People, you know, just want to say that stuff is rubbish because they don't want to believe it. That's my that's what I feel in my heart.
2: Well, they were saying there's no evidence for any of the
1: historical. They'll find it. Yeah, they'll find they'll it. They'll find it. It's coming. All right. Next section is wisdom literature. That's Job through Song of Solomon, um, and that includes Proverbs and Psalms and stuff like that. And that's more like really understandable, easy stuff that you can digest. Proverbs is really applicable wisdom for everyday life. Psalms is kind of emotionally applicable. Like you can you can relate to the psalmist when he's writing, when he's talking about his anguish, when he's talking about his love for God and stuff like that. So wisdom literature is a lot easier to apply to your life because that almost applies directly to your life. And then the last section of the Old Testament is the prophets. And that's Isaiah through Malachi. Um, When you're reading the prophets, they're not really in order. So you need to determine in order to understand the context, what's really important is to determine whether it's before, during, or after the exile, because these all kind of circle around the exile period all the profit books the order that they're in is not like i said chronological it's more of big to small so the biggest profit size wise of you know how many words is in the front and then it just gets smaller and smaller as yeah, you go so, through
0: so oftentimes we hear these books that they're, they're called major and minor profits mm-hmm. right Major and minor. I know that can throw some people off. So, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. So,
1: major means big, and minor means small. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Really simple. Kind of like baseball. Major means you're important. Minor, minor means that I probably make more money than you.
2: <laughs> Are you? You know, dull? you know what I mean? All right. <laughs> Wait. Just backtracking for a second. What was the
1: exile? The exile was when. Okay, so there was a there was the. The kingdom period where Israel was all together under King David, Solomon, Saul, all those guys. And then they had some issues and they split up into two kingdoms. There was Judah and there was Israel, the north and the south kingdom. The um, the north kingdom, which was Israel, was taken captive by Assyria first. And then the south kingdom was taken captive by Um, Babylon second and so the prophets are written during this time and you can kind of see especially Jeremiah you can kind of see like their anguish like my people are in captivity and yada 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 and that and knowing where they are in the period of the exile allows you to kind of apply what they're talking about to your life so that's important to know.
0: Um, I think people know more major events in Genesis than they think.
1: Probably. A Genesis, you know, you don't think about it, it covers a ton Yeah of history.
0: You wanna you wanna see how much we can come up with as far as major events in Genesis on our own? Uh yeah, sure. It doesn't have to be chronological order. Let's just start naming things that we know as you Genesis. Wanna, you wanna write it down? Like make a list? Sure.
1: Lot's wife turns into a pillar of salt. Whoa! Is that Tiger back? <laughs> that <was my> <laughs> 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 bro, this Red Bull. <laughs> Is my, that Tiger back? My, my body's <laughs> not used <laughs> to drinking
0: this early. That was me. That was you? Yeah. Dang,
1: bro. You taking... We <laughs> were in harmony, bro. <laughs> really? <laughs> you taking Mark's Fuego? Fuego. Mm.
0: Reminds me of a song we just played.
1: Um. Okay. Major moments in Genesis.
2: Um. Oh, see, I get all the names mixed up. There's so many J's.
0: Mm. Um, mm. Oh, Jesus, oh, uh, his creation starts with a J. Jesus, James. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what,
2: what is it? Jacob. Jacob, Jacob wrestles with Yawist. God,
1: right? Yes. Jacob wrestles with God. That's definitely a Genesis. Okay. Nick, you're a wrestling fan. Do oh, you um, think Jacob would have an intro? <laughs> what do you think Jacob's intro song would be? It's a terrible.
0: Fuego. It's a ref- wrestling. Jacob wait um Jacob's Jacob Jacob gets music?
1: like
2: he marries the wrong person, right
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into Jacob's personal life like that, but yeah, he definitely has some issues <laughs> what,
0: what <laughs> was her name Well we're gonna go through Genesis yeah Rachel and Rebecca the Rachel. episode after next yeah.
1: I don't, is it Rachel and Rebecca? I forget I'm gonna sound like him no Leah
0: Leah yeah Leah and
1: and Rachel. All right, so. Something like that. Leah, Rachel, Rebecca, one of those.
0: We're going to get through Genesis. Two of those. Oh, wait. A few episodes. Let's keep naming major moments.
2: Pretty major moment.
1: God created the world.
0: Creation. That's pretty big. Or did he? Oh. Oh. Dum, dum, dum. We don't have a soundbite. Yeah, we don't have
1: it. a soundbite for for God maybe not creating the world. But he did. I'm breaking right, I'm news. Right. He
0: did? Yeah,
1: as far as I know.
0: That's breaking news. God created the world. Mm. Mm. All
1: right, so there's also the Tower of Babel.
0: We have the Flood. That's why I
1: speak Spanish and you guys speak English. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. There's, uh, what did you say? The Flood. Yeah, the Flood. Joseph. Uh, Joseph.
0: Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Um, second
2: in
1: command in Egypt. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. There's uh, my favorite, which is the Abrahamic Covenants. Oof. What is Deep. that? Again. Okay. Oof. We're going to get into that boy. Abrahamic Covenants. I want to know everything right (laughs) now. (laughs) It's when God made a covenant with Abraham.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's some deep stuff right there. Yeah. That's going to be a whole
0: episode, I'm pretty sure. I can't wait to start talking about that.
2: I bet you can't. Oh, multiple times, um, Abraham lies about his wife being his wife. Yes. Instead being his sister. His sister.
1: Yes. That's a solid one. Mm. I haven't heard that story in a while. (laughs) Give it up for Mark give it up to mark hey yo all right what else we got let's talk about the whole Old testament there's also the exodus you got moses you got mount zion the xa uh hey. aaron 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 um, did you uh, did you know i was reading about funny bible verses the other day and you remember that verse where moses is like hey where'd this golden calf come from and basically Aaron's like, oh, I put all this gold in the fire and the calf came out. I don't know where okay. it came from.
2: It's <laughs> funny. So that's such a... Oh, I mean, the beginning of Exodus is absolutely ridiculous with all yeah. the, the plagues in mm-hmm. Egypt. Oh, and um, I only just found this out like a month ago because I was actually reading it, that uh, Pharaoh had his own magicians. Yeah, yeah. And they were like copying the copying. stuff that Moses, yep. that God was allowing Moses to do.
1: Yeah. And we actually kind of tackle that in a little bit in uh, next Weird Verse Wednesday, not this one, but we're gonna go over. All
2: right, that's because that's pretty weird. Yeah, like magicians. Yeah, there's a, guy, there's magicians in the Bible.
1: Yeah, there is. There's actually a guy called Simon the Sorcerer. Oh yeah, in the New Testament. Uh, yep,
2: in the New Testament, we're gonna go over. That's that. That's an Acts, right? Pretty sure. Staying, uh, staying, uh, staying
0: like, focused on the Old Testament. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Dang it! Think Let's go to Acts right some, now.
1: <laughs> uh, whoa!
0: Some breaking news. Oh.
1: From BBDNN. By Bulldingers <laughs> News Network. How you though?
0: <laughs> Breaking news. Hit us. You ready for this? Yeah. Yahweh. I don't think y'all ready for this. <laughs> Yahweh. I don't think y'all ready for this. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. Is this real news or fake news? Hmm. Real news? <laughs> come on, come on! <laughs> it's just suspense. I'm just yeah, to My peace. phone's I'm not loading at all. It's just suspense. <laughs> oh, do is deal. that what it is? Maybe if you had a uh, Android. IPhones. The Ark of the Covenant may have been found. No. Oh, I saw that movie. <laughs> Real news? No, fake news. Or. I I mean,
1: I believe that it could be a headline, but it says may have been, and I don't think it has been. Is
2: that what it says, may have
1: been? Yeah. Yeah, it it may have been. of the Covenant may have been found. All right, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, it's an actual um, headline, but I'm going to say no, it hasn't been found. Well, that's not the question.
0: (laughs) The question is, is this real news or fake news? Is this a real headline? The news
1: itself is fake. But yes, it is a real
0: headline. Is it real, or fake? Real headline. Yes. You like the suspense?
2: <laughs> Give it to me.
0: Hey, I knew it's it. It's a real headline. I knew it. So this is super duper interesting. Mm, I'm sure it is. It's it's. Listen, they they may have found it. Uh huh. Bob Cornuke. I don't know if I'm <laughs> saying that. Name correct. President of the Bible Archaeology... It would be
1: Bob Cornuke. Bob Cornuke,
0: <laughs> president of the Bible Archaeology Search and Exploration Institute, wrote in a blog post that a recent investigation led him to Ethiopia, Ooh. where tradition oh my gosh. says this is not the serious. Ark of the Covenant and the Ten Commandments that is housed were taken following events described in the Old Testament. The Ark allegedly is housed at St. Mary's of Zion Church in Aksum, Ethiopia, where a guardian of the Ark spends his entire life protecting it. No one is allowed to see, see it. This is old news. This is this is a new headline. No, bro. They've been saying that forever. There's like I
1: mean, this whole church in Ethiopia dedicated to hiding this Ark of the Covenant. It's Wait, been around for well, years. You
2: think it's a decoy? Like it's a fake one? No
0: one's I'm allowed, allowed to, to see it. it. And there's this guy who just sits there all day long. I think it's just a tourist it. thing. It's like the SpongeBob movie. You ever see that, where the where Which the one? dolphin is 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 guarding Jupiter and the the planet. Jupiter. From... I don't know. A oh, dolphin no, guarding um, Jupiter? Neptune. You That's saw it. King. Oh. Ne- King Neptune. Yeah. Come on, man. You're a, you're is a SpongeBob oh. pro. Don't 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 front in front but of I our listeners. You know more uh, SpongeBob than I do. It's
1: when he's protecting King Uranus.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: We're all adults here.
1: Shout out to King Uranus. Dunces!
0: <laughs> oh, I'm a cop. You call me tunes, bro? Go, go, look out! <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for tunes in every yeah. episode, and today Ryan is our tunes. Because, <laughs> because you said you're King the one Uranus. who brought up dolphins, King <laughs> Uranus, bro. King Uranus. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, bro, this has been around forever. Well, that's breaking news as far as December no. 10th. <laughs> the blog post was be breaking news. December 10th December last year? I've known about this for yeah. like 10 years. No, you haven't. I swear. December dude. 4th, the headline came out. What, yesterday? The, it's a headline
1: about a blog post. It's not a headline about the... How do they have a church built with a guy spending his life defending it if, it's, if it just happened two days ago?
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. He's bro.
1: spending his whole two days' life. Two days' worth of life. Yeah, go send uh, Chris Pratt over there. <laughs>
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. That's bro. true.
1: Come on, Chris Pratt and his pet raccoon. All right, I'm going to hit on some major moments instead of us guessing, real quick. Of just Genesis or the whole OT? The whole OT. Uh, so these are these are big ones. There's creation. There's the flood. There's the Abrahamic covenant. There's Exodus or the Exodus. There's the Mosaic covenant, which is the giving of the law. There's Israel. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody saved that lion, bro. <laughs> Who was that? That was Nick Hold up, bro (laughs) That was Nick There's there's a Mosaic Covenant, which is the giving of the law Israel becoming a monarchy Which is Saul, David, and Saul There's the split kingdom Which is Judah and Israel There's the exile (laughs) Bro, are you serious? All right, all right (laughs) don't you take a chill pill, bro? He is not a man of God. <laughs> chill, man. Chill. Okay. Yeah. The north and the south kingdom. We got tigers with somebody, us this morning. Somebody tame that lion, bro.
0: <laughs> Mark and I have some tigers with
1: us this morning. <laughs> okay. There's the exile. How many times have I said these moments? <laughs> and then there's the return from the exile. And you read that in Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Ne- ne- Nehemiah.
0: How do you pronounce that?
1: Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Yeah. yeah. Um... Let's hit them with some fun facts real quick and then close this up. Make it fun. Super fun. Fun, fun, fun. Do you guys know the main language used in the Old Testament?
0: It's the way I like my coffee. Spanish.
1: English? Hebrews. Hey. Oh. It. There is also a second language in the Old okay. Testament. What is it? Um, English. <laughs> it should be. But. Chinese. It's Aramaic.
2: that's basically
0: like greek right
1: no it's aramaic
0: (laughs) (laughs) what books were in aramaic
1: daniel and uh some of jeremiah and ezra are in aramaic well daniel's not completely in aramaic but there's a there's a large section in aramaic is that like is it
2: attached to hebrew at all or is it
1: so I the if in. you go with some traditional views of Daniel it's because Daniel was part of the exile and they spoke Aramaic in the in in the Babylon.
0: So basically the whole OT is Hebrew except for what?
1: Some parts of Daniel and Ezra and Jeremiah which are in Aramaic.
0: You know what I find interesting um this fun fact is that Hebrew was originally written with without vowels. Right. Oh, yeah. How can you speak with no vowels? A
1: lot of people
2: uh talk well, about but, how he, so, you don't speak without vowels, you just write without them. Yeah. Is that
0: why you see Yahweh written out Yahuwah. that way a lot? Yahweh, yeah. Y-H-W-E. But
2: also, like some people write God without the O, they put a dash, Yeah. and that that's like a respect thing.
1: Yeah, something like that. I don't know, I've never read about that. Okay, uh, vowels were introduced into Hebrew around 500 AD in the Hebrew text. And lastly, I'm going to give you some of the types of literature in the Old Testament, and this goes with how you... Um, interpret the scriptures that you're reading in the Old Testament. There's historical narrative, which is, you know, in First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, so on and so forth. There's poetry, which is in Psalms and stuff. There's wisdom in Proverbs, and Song of Solomon gives you wisdom for your marriage and your um, romantic life. There's allegory.
0: Wisdom literature is also um, Job, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, you could classify Job as wisdom literature. There's allegory, which there's a lot of that in Song of Solomon again. There's prophecy, Genesis,
0: right. Revelation,
1: allegory, Genesis. No, Genesis is mostly historical, no, it's apocalyptic. historical really? narrative. Um, really? Yeah, prophecy is Daniel. Daniel. There's a lot of prophecies. Well, depending on how you view interpretation.
2: Oh, isn't Daniel apocalyptic? Yeah.
1: So a lot of because
2: it's like um, a parallel to Revelation. Yeah, certain
1: camps believe yeah. that Daniel is a parallel revelation but there's also other camps that believe that daniel has already happened and is happening right now um so yes you could also say that's apocalyptic and then lastly there's figures of speech which you see in stuff like psalms and proverbs so um that's your old testament got some fun facts we told you how to interpret it we told you major sections glad you guys listened where
2: can people find us if they're like stalking us what's your home address
0: www.bibledingers.com So if you go to our website You will see all of our stuff And that's where we encourage you all to go We look forward to our next episode And thank you for listening uh, mm. I got all this pressure on me I can't get it off me I
1: got all this pressure on me I